Blog Talk Radio. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Hi, everyone. This is Chatting with Nancy Natalie Jones, Natalie Jean. Today we have the honor of having singer-songwriter Anne E. Deshent. Anne E. Deshent is a first and last First and last, a storyteller and an artist who writes with the shit-kicker urgency and sweet understanding of the people who stumble and keep, keep, keep keeping on. She's a five-time winner of Cleveland Singer-Songwriter of the Year and a 2020 Kerrville Folk Festival Songwriting Competition finalist. She released her best of record, Every Little Everything, in 2020. Her 2017, The Sun Coming In, climbed to number six, on Roots Music Report and the single Sunday Morning Drive to number one. Let's give her a round of applause. Hi, Anne. How are you? Hi. I'm good, Natalie. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, the honor is all mine, all mine. Um. <laughs> have you been let me how do I say this um elections George Floyd Roe versus Wade tsunamis earthquakes assassinations um polio made a comeback COVID had some babies um cicadas RSV flu pandemic you name it how have you been through this and measles try to come back um and then now there's a new strain of gonorrhea um how have you been oh, going <laughs> During, during all of this, well, right now I'm informed because I didn't. <laughs> I didn't know about the gonorrhea, but um, <laughs> you learn something new every day. Um, I've, you know, I think like everybody else, sort of up and down and up and down, but um, not too bad. I, I got to tell you, I think. Well, I think the pandemic was different for everybody. Clearly, right. like everything is, and you know. Um, I think I did pretty well. I was uh, pretty innovative personally and professionally in order to just stay connected. Mm-hmm. And I worked hard to do that. And so I feel like because of that, I fared pretty well, you know. Um, but, again, I, I, I think it's different for everybody, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so I like to ask this question um, – Obviously, the pandemic was a horrible thing. Uh, people died. People lost limbs. People have uh, long-term COVID. Um, there was just a lot of loss uh, with COVID. But believe it or not, there were some pros, obviously, during this time. Um, I saw more family members walking together, spending time together. Some people cut back on hours of working because they realized they were missing a lot out of their family's lives um, while we were out, out of the, out of the world, uh, the in animals and mother nature got to breathe at the pollution level went down. Um, mm-hmm. I read a lot of articles about 
people quitting their jobs because what the pandemic did is made people realize that, oh, yeah, life is really short. I better get off my ass and start doing something that I love. You know, people know that they have to eat. They need clothes on their back. They need lodging and stuff like that. But they want to do something that's more in line with their passion, their destiny, um, something that will make them happy Mm -hmm. and not miserable when they walk through the door. There are a lot of articles on that. And then there's artists like you and I that are out there doing our thing. Some people release uh, tracks, symbols, symbols, uh, singles, uh, albums, EPs. um, And some people decided to rebrand. Some people decide, oh, music is not for me. Um, In regards to your Mm -hmm. own artistry, did did you take time? What I'm trying to say is time for (laughs) self-reflection. I think we had enough time. Everybody had time for self-reflection. Some people decided, oh, I don't need to change. I'm a badass um, the way that I am. Um, And just some people just decided, oh, my gosh, you know, I'm reevaluating things and I need to do something different or you just stay the same. So what did you think about if you thought anything? You know, if anything, I've just now sort of come down off the pandemic and started to reflect more because during the pandemic, you know, right away, Natalie, I decided, oh, I've, I've got to get online. Like we were pretty quick, me and my partner, Aaron, in responding to the fact that we weren't going to be able to be performing live. And I said, I'm not okay. going to lose my audience. I'm going to stay in touch. So we, we started, that's right. when we started the 1130 bathroom break, which was my show. Mm-hmm. It was from our bathroom. We live streamed. We got in real early before everybody and their brother was doing live streaming. And consequently, we grabbed a large audience. Like some days we'd have 700 people watching. Of course, that declined as people, more and more people came into live streaming. But we were busy. We were busy. So 55 episodes every weekday for 55 episodes. And then I did Mm. another different kind after that. So I was live streaming like crazy and wow. not to mention, like, the technical aspect, like, thank God for Aaron, because otherwise that's how you yeah. see in the closet with a six-pack, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, afraid, because I, I don't think that I would have technically been able to figure it out. So the pandemic for us and for me was busy, 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 so no time really to reflect, not to say that I didn't, right. you know, think about everything that was happening. I mean, I had a friend who lost her husband mm. to COVID. And of course you're reading all the stories and you're, right. you're online and talking to people about their hardships. So it wasn't as if I wasn't present enough to think, but I was also just as busy as I am when, when I'm performing live, it seemed like, uh, well, cause I was, you know, it just right. from my bathroom. <laughs> but, um, so, I think it's now really, Natalie, that I'm like sort of reevaluating the way I do things, what I do and don't want to do, you know, and I'm actually going to, I'm taking a break right now. Like 2023, I sent a letter to my fans. I said, hey, Mm. I got to take a sabbatical here. And I I hadn't done that since I was probably 23. You know, I mean, I, I took, don't get me wrong. I had vacations, but I never wasn't working and um right. so now I just pulled off my bookshelf the book The Art of Doing Nothing and I might yeah. read it. <laughs> um, so it's gonna be weird but I, I'm starting to rethink now, just now. Like what am I doing? Why am I doing it? And how am I doing it? You know? 
Like, I don't want to live stream anymore. I'm, I'm, I wrote to my kids right. a couple of months ago. I said, I'm, I'm over it. You know, like, I'm a live performer. That's what I want to do. And I'm a writer. That's right. what I want to do. But I'm worn out right now. So I've, you know, like, I just decided with, after counseling with some people that I trust and love and love mm-hmm. me and just decided, hey, man, like, I'm like a sponge that's just been, all the water's been squeezed out after the pandemic and coming back a little bit, we did live, but I'm like, I think I need to like soak up some, some more water right now. So that right. reflection started after the pandemic. Okay. Um, downtime and me time is a good time. <laughs> it, I hope so. Like it's very uncomfortable for me in a, in a mm. way, like I'm like, oh, I don't know, but you know what? I just have to keep like telling myself, it feels really good to like wake up and not be like, oh, I got to book this. I got to make sure this, right. that, the other, you know, it feels very good. And, um, but at the same time, there's sometimes this like foreboding, like, Oh, you know, I'm not in the game right now, but I'm like, you know what? I wasn't, I was, I, I've made the right decision. It's just that it, you know how it is. Like you start to yeah. like lose your faith that if you drop the ball, you'll be able to go pick the ball up again and it's not going to be deflated. You know, it'll be all right. You know, and one person I consulted with a friend of mine, she said, let, let people miss you for a while, Annie. It's, it's fine. You know, but that's that's tough when you're a performer, you know? Yeah, no, it is. It's tough when you're anything. Yeah. No, I agree with you. When you're a performer, you want to stay in contact with your, your fans, people that have been watching you. But you know what? What I've learned over time is that you got to take care of yourself first because if you're no good, then you can't be good for your audience because everybody needs some downtime right. just to just well, that's around. just it. <laughs> to use the word. Puck. Yeah, that's really <laughs> I'm glad you <laughs> I'm glad you um, or you could say lollygag. You rarely get to use that oh, word either, and I want to lollygag as well. But, right. yeah, it's, um, it is frightening. Like I said, I'm sure you can relate, or a lot of people could relate um, to, you know, having different jobs. But it is that thing about mm. being a performer. You know, oh, I'm, they're going to forget about me or blah, blah, blah. But you're right, and I'm glad you said it. Like, you are no good to anybody else if you're depleted. And, right. Um, and that, yeah, and I think that's the thing we forget. Like, it's okay to, like, say, hey, man, I'm not going to do anything for a while and, you know, be good with that. Amen. Amen to that. Mm-hmm. Now, <laughs> how, how did you get into the music industry? Was it something that you saw, you heard, or was it like, oh, you came out of the womb and you're like, okay, music is me. Music, you know, any yeah. music to get together, and that's just it. I think the latter, you know, it just was very clear from mm. very early on. You know, I was just um, love music. If I, you know, I, I was raised Catholic, so I was always in church. And, like, the first okay. thing I did was, like, basically look up at the set list. Like, how good is church going to be today? And it was based right. on, you know, what songs we were doing. And, and then, you know, I got... Somebody heard me sing, and she got me into choir, and God bless her, Lori, um, who's still the choir director at at my school, school but she, mm. you know, she, she got me to join choir, and then there I was singing, and then I got guitar lessons. I think my mom and dad were so 
awesome because they could see, like, oh, my gosh, this is what she'd like to do. And my mom was so good about, like, here, I'll give you right. everything you need to – everything I know to give you to, to, to provide you with your – what I'm seeing you be joyful about. Excellent right. that way. And so, you know, I think it was just – it was very clear, very clear, you know, and I, I could um, – and this is, I don't think I'm extraordinarily unique. There's lots of people, mm-hmm. especially when I moved to Nashville, I lived there for a long time and you realize, oh my God, there's so many people that can do <laughs> these, what I could always, you know what I mean? Like you're like, right. oh, I thought I was special. And you're like, not so special. <laughs> but that's a whole other thing we can talk about. But, um, but yeah, I think um, it was very clear and I could, I could sing, you know, and now that I was teaching my I was teaching my guitarist how to sing because I needed a backup singer. I'm like, I'm not hiring a separate backup singer, Chuck. Can you learn to sing? It wasn't until I had to, like, see him go through that that I realized, oh, well, that was nice that I could just do that because it's hard. You know, it's like me trying to learn to be a better guitarist. That's, you know, so, yeah, it was just very clear from the start. And I was always doing, like, shows in my garage, you know, like, uh, <laughs> Yeah, it shows that my, my mom was the only guaranteed um, audience member. But, um, you know, I was always doing that or putting on, like, some kind of carnival for muscular dystrophy. Like, always a show. There was always some kind of show going to happen, you know. Um, and I loved it. And, I, you know, it, it was natural. Awesome. I like that. It's in, it's in your soul. It's down in your soul. It's in uh, my soul. Mm-hmm. It's in your soul. Uh, how important is it for you to be an authentic person and an artist? I think it's utmost. I mean, nothing works if I'm not. Um, I think maybe that's when performers get into trouble, when mm-hmm. they buy into what you know, what you should be and what right. you should be doing. I mean, let's face it, there are certain things that you just have to do, right, to make it good. Um, right. As a writer, you know, I'm always being critiqued, and you, you're, um, you kind of find your way. Um, but if I, I'm well aware when I've lost touch with why I'm really doing what I'm doing, mm-hmm. and that is about being authentic. And I, I really do feel like, Natalie, like I was called to do this. You know, it's my right. it's my part in the world. And I have a quote that I keep on my desk that says, your calling is where your greatest gift meets the world's greatest need. Mm-hmm. Where your greatest joy mm-hmm. meets the world's greatest need. It's not, and it doesn't mean you can only do one thing, but you always have to right. be in touch with what, make, what makes you joyful, you know? Right. Um, and for me, it's usually falling back on performing and writing, but it's really not the writing part. I mean, the writing part is really hard. Um, but yes. I like being done with the song. You know, like, I think God, Billy Joel said it in an interview. Somebody said, do you like writing? He said, I like having written. And I was like, thank God. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, you're in Nashville or wherever you go, and they're like, oh, I love it. I love it. I'm like, well, I think it's a pain in the ass. But I, thank you. But I have Please. something I want to say. Yeah. It's Say's hard. <laughs> um, yeah, it is hard. It's a pain in the ass. Um, but I do love having written, you know, like if there's nothing more exciting to me than like having a song or part of a song and being able to go, oh my God, I can't wait to play this. I can't wait to tell this story. 
you could feel it. You know, you could, those are vibrations for sure. So I think when you lose that, when you lose whatever it is that's vibrating in, in you, in whatever path that takes you on, it, if you lose touch with that, then all's lost. You know, you're going to keep right. losing. Um, you know, so if, if, so if fame and fortune and having a hit record made all of us happy, there'd be a lot more people who would still be alive, you know. So it, I learned a long time ago, it's not your heart's desire can Getting your heart's desire, that you can go many paths. Now, mine right. has been the same for a long time, but, if, you know, what we talked about at the beginning of this interview, this nice talk, is that I said I'm taking a break because that's it's right. not fun right now for me, you know, exactly. and that's okay. Uh, and whatever comes, you know, wherever I am when I come on the other side is where I'll be, and if I'm listening to, oh, this feels good and right, and I suspect it will be performing and writing, then it, whatever it is, you know, I might come out and decide I'm, I don't know what I'm going to decide if I'm going to stock shelves somewhere, but if it makes me happy, that's what I'm going to do. Exactly. Now, it's interesting because during the pandemic, I, boy, did I take all these classes. I mean, I did a webinar. It seems like I did a webinar every day. And uh, <laughs> I, actually, I actually took a course at Cat TikTok. University. And one of the things I learned, which I kind of knew, was that the videos that do the best on TikTok are the ones that are authentic because people look at those videos and they think, oh, I can do that too. Now, when they look at a mainstream ah. artist, oh, I love those mainstream artists, but they don't think, oh, I can do that too. They like people that <clears throat> brings them hope, people that understands them, people that they can gravitate to when they're feeling down, happy, sad, angry, I don't know. But they want to go to those people because they feel that those people understand them. So the more yeah. authentic the the videos, uh, comments, whatever, they just gravitate to that. I mean, even on my own TikTok, I got a lot of people that gravitate to mine just because <laughs> I'm very outspoken. Um <laughs> And some, people like, <laughs> so. some people like to just go on there and say stuff to me and say, oh, I agree, blah, blah, blah. I like to have a dialogue. I like, I like, oh, my God, I love authentic. In fact, last year I released a song called Authentically Me. And it's mm-hmm. just people, during the time of the pandemic, people needed hope. Because with, you know, George yep. Floyd, all, elections, all the hate and all this, this, that, and the other, people, were, they were just tired. And so when TikTok yeah. came along, people, and people were just doing stupid videos, or you could learn something on, on TikTok, they're like, oh, this is authentic. Oh, I never knew that I could do this. Like, I learned something about the pineapple. Everybody's been eating the pineapple wrong. You don't slice it. <laughs> <laughs> Those ridges, you just pull them out, and then you just eat the pineapple. It's like, okay, all right. It's like, duh. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? And then some people just go on there and cry, and, and you know, they just need to release something out, and then they feel better. You know, authenticity is one of the greatest things that people can be. And, and, and it's, it's not easy for, for everybody because people are always, they always care about what people think. I, I could care less. And I had to learn how to be that way. I wasn't always like that because I was raised, oh, you know, I think, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I mean, especially like, um, you know, women in looks and being obsessed with how we appear. And um, and so 
I definitely think like that's why the bathroom break works because I get on there and I'd be like, let's check out the toilet paper, you know, and let's talk to Alexis and Siri, Alexa and Siri, and I'd ask them each the same question to see how they answer differently. It's mm. never about you when you're performing. It's always about the people who are in the seats watching you. It's, it's, right. it's, and it's about the connection between you. But if you're not talking to your audience about their lives, what are you doing? Because nobody really exactly. cares if they can't relate. And so I think I – and Erin would tell me, my partner, she'd say, Amy, they just want to talk to you. Like it's, right. it's, you know, I'd be like, oh, my hair looks terrible and blah, 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 the lighting, yeah, blah, blah, blah. You know, I mean, I, I can really flip out sometimes, you know, about like we'd get ready and she'd have the care, we'd have the computer. And I'd be like, I can't believe what it looks like. I'm like, I just spent an hour getting ready and it looks like shit. You know, she'd be like, well, I don't know what the, you know, we'd be like, blah, 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 blah. And then she'd count me in and I'd be like, hello. But I mean, <laughs> we are very tied to what, how we were brought up. Right. And especially I think women is all, I mean, hello, let's face it. Who buys makeup? That's women mostly, mostly, you know, right. and we're always, we're painting on stuff. And that's hard. When you said you had to learn how to just to not care and be yourself. Right. That is something that we have to learn because we have to, we have to reroute our thinking about who we are and what matters the most. And I learned a while ago, like when you watch TV and you see people who are being interviewed on television, who are the mm-hmm. smartest people or the most creative, they're not always the best looking people. You know what right. I mean? But we're taught, like, and, and it's reinforced again and again and again, you know, and that's a lot of pressure. So it, I agree with you about authenticity and it's about what, what do people want? They didn't, they were lonely. They were scared, you know, and they wanted, they were lonely and scared. And that's what, that's why the bathroom break worked. That's why we had 700 people or 500, you know, because it, believe me, that was the height of it, you know, and like I told you, it dwindled after more people came in, but man, we wrote it for a while and it was because people just, they they said I would take a break from lunch. Like, that's when I take my lunch break because it was just felt so good. It made me feel better. We got cards, and it wasn't because it was flashy and slick. It's because I was sitting on the edge of my bathtub playing a song mm-hmm. and just talking to people like they could chat with me. And, right. and that's what, you know, it, it, you got to have something special. Like, you have to have a good song. you got to put it in a good way. You've got to have great musicians. You do. But... It's not all about that. Right. It really isn't. I mean, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting because <clears throat> I did a post <laughs> about Madonna. I mean, uh, when people have fans, they really have fans. Um, and my post was basically, <laughs> why hasn't anybody told Madonna that she needs to, you know, Okay, you can tweak here, you can tweak there. Obviously, she's a grown woman; she can do what she wants. But I know with plastic surgery, some people die from plastic surgery, and I'm concerned because Madonna definitely doesn't look um, like the way she used to, um, based on all the plastic surgery she's had. And oh, people are like, "Why can't uh, mind your business? She can do what she wants." But I I said, you know, and people were like, "Why do you care?" And I said, "Why don't you care?" I said, I'm concerned mm-hmm. about her health, her mental state. And some women did come on there and they said, well, it's also the pressure 
from the world in regards to women and aging and still looking beautiful, you know. I mean, I go on my TikTok. My, listen, I wear this hat all the time. I don't care. I don't wear any makeup. I just don't give to it. <laughs> and it's because I'm I'm being authentic. I'm tired. I don't have time to put on makeup for people. That, well, that's not me anyway. You know what I mean? Mm. It's just, it's just a, I'm trying to show people that you can be fun, interesting, just being yourself. You don't have to seek this validation. So that's the other thing I want to talk about, because I talked to somebody else on my podcast about validation, and he said in the music industry, we're always seeking validation, but I don't seek validation. I'll never seek validation. Yeah. Is it, would it be nice for people to love my music, love your music, stuff like that? Yeah. But people, they don't validate me. I validate myself. And that's what I was trying to get. I was like, well, you know, we need validation now. Obviously, we want, you know, the music industry, if we're trying to get on a label, to like our music. But they don't validate our music. They don't tell us how great our music is. We have to know how great our music is. I don't put anything out that I don't love first. You need to love what you put right. out. You have, you're putting your heart and soul into it. So that's what you have to, that's what you're bringing out into the world, I'm hoping. So why do you need validation from anybody else? What is your take on validation? Well, I think that the industry comes with its own set of rules that were right. um, established without my permission. <laughs> but, uh, mm. you know, uh, it, um, it uh, I hate to say this, but it, I shouldn't say it is what it is. It is what it is right now. That's not to say it couldn't change. But um, it's it's you. It's it's a hard one thing to not care, you know. And um, so I would say, going back to your story about Madonna. Now, see, I just saw something recently where children walking through an airport, and I thought, oh, it's going to be all of us because she's not, you know, a size four, you know. Uh, anymore, and I thought, here we go. So I just turned it off. I thought I'm not even going to engage in this. As far as I didn't, I didn't notice anything um, about plastic surgery. But I am mm. the same. Uh, my attitude about it is, I think, similar to yours in that I'm more worried about their state of mind. It's an industry that chews you up and spits you out. You better not get old. You better not get fat. Right. And, you know, you better be smart, but not too smart, you know. And if right. you're smart, you better be good looking. Like, those are the sort of some of the criteria that I've noticed, you know. Like, be nice, you know, play nice. Um, mm-hmm. And I do play nice, but playing nice doesn't mean you, you know, you, you um, can see like everything. You're, dormant. But, you're not a doormat. Right. Right. It's true, but it, but it is. I'm not going to say to you that I don't think, gosh, I hope before I walk out on the stage that I look good as well right. as sound good. But look good, I mean, that's a relative term, right? It's um, what is looking good. I see people, I mean, I have to tell you, there are some movie stars that I see, and I think it's tragic that mm. they've um, altered themselves. It's not for the better, you know, and I I will look at them and think she would have aged just beautifully. And guess what else? What if she didn't? You know, Mm. but in this industry, I think I'm seeing now that women 
uh, have there, you're seeing more female producers, more female writers, more female right. directors. I mean, let's face it, we got a long, 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 long way to go. But you're seeing more, and as I'm seeing that, I'm seeing women who are, um, you know, old. They're they're not 25. They're not 30. They're they're 50. Right. They're 60. You know, they might be 70, and they're getting roles. Well, that wasn't true probably even just 15 years ago where, you know, you would hear female actresses saying, I can't, I can't find roles anymore, you know, um, when they're not being raped by Weinstein. But, um, right. but uh, you know, so there's something severely uh, unfair still in our culture with regard to women and work. Um, but I, but so... Um, it makes me sad. It, it makes mm-hmm. me sad when I when I think that someone thinks they're not good enough, and I think that I might not be a good good enough, solely based on my appearance. Now, right. the, the the artistic part in me as a writer, like me as a performer, I am who I am. I'm always trying to be good, better, you know, and that's a good thing. But as mm-hmm. far as like my writing, that's just my songs, and that's almost better because. They're just listening to my song. Not, I don't know if they're looking and going, "Oh, it's Annie. Right. It's a female, so I'm not going to take her seriously." Who knows what goes on in people's heads? But as a writer, you know, I don't worry as much. I don't have to care as much about how I look. You know, it's it's how great my song is for that market. But as far as the looks and the plastic surgery and all that's concerned, I just wish that we didn't feel like we might need to do that. I, I've never had exactly. surgery, but, um, you know, I just, um, it makes me sad. I wrote about it in my blog many years ago when Renee Zellweger supposedly had it, but uh, right. I sometimes now think she was playing a joke on everybody because I'm like, she does not look altered to yeah. me at all. <laughs> like, she did. She did when they were reporting about it, but I, I sometimes am like, did she have somebody make a prosthetic for her so she looked like she was um, alter just to make a point because she's a smart cookie, you know. Right. I don't think she. I think she's above a lot of this of bull, bullshit. Um, so that's what I think about that. Hopefully that's a, a, a bit clear. That is very clear. <laughs> very clear. <laughs> now I'm gonna play one of your songs called "Dance with Your Demons." Tell me what that's about. Oh my gosh. Oh, well, I, it's a co-write with my friends Elizabeth and Rob. I think okay. I, I think I went in with that title, and honestly, Natalie, I wrote the song thinking like, oh, this is about some woman that I made up, that we made up together, me, Rob, and Elizabeth. And the more that I sang it and stuff, I'm like, oh, <laughs> like I'm in there. <laughs> and so are a lot of other uh, other people. Um, and I think the rest is self-explanatory, and if it's not, then we haven't done our job. But I think we did. All righty. All righty. Here we go. I got this friend. Her life hasn't been easy. She lost some of her best years to Adderall and whiskey. 
she's on her way back up. But every day's a struggle. She says, I feel like a phoenix, halfway out of the rubble. And I asked her, how do you keep on going? She said, you gotta dance with your demons when they're standing in your way. If they tell you they're not leaving, you don't have to let them stay. Don't give them power anymore You gotta dance with your demons Dance them out the door You know, I got this voice It lives inside my head It tells me I'm not good Pretty, I'm a mess Sometimes I let it win On days when I feel lonely Then I think about that friend of mine And everything she told me You gotta dance with your demons When they're standing in your way If they tell you they're not people it's Americana you know it's not folk it's not country you know um you know I always say lyrically it's it's going to be a little more serious but it's not folk because it's not like repetitive and 
as much. I shouldn't say that because Bob spoke, but, um, you know, um, but I think that's the best sort of, I always call it like Americana is like the fibromyalgia of the music world. If you don't know what it is, you know, it's like, um, so yeah. Um, and and I'll, I'm more prone to tell people like if they want to know what I am or what my music is, I say, you know, I wrote a song about a guy in prison who misses his dog, or I wrote a song right. about, you know, so I'll tell them a little bit more about the stories I think that help relay, um, relay that. One thing I remember about that song, Natalie, was that I wasn't, I was in the 11th hour of recording, um, uh, I think this was the sun coming, no, this was uh, Lost in Kentucky, and I was mm. like, I don't know, and I was left down to the kitchen, and it's like, I go, we need a, I need another song. I, you know, I'm just go, we're going in the studio. Right. I'm thinking this, and Aaron's like, you should look at that dance with your demons. I'm like, well, you know, and I'm thinking like she doesn't know, <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and and I was like, well, I'll take it in to Mike, my producer, and I played it for him. He's like, yeah, and, and that he would get such a good reaction to the song. Like when I do it live, always someone mm. will come up and say something about it. So it almost didn't do it because I thought like Aaron can possibly know more than me what should go on. Right. <laughs> but um yeah, so I'm glad that we did it. Um and I'm actually trying to do a demo of this with a, a younger voice because they want to hear that, you know, to pitch to the market. I want to take it up a few clicks. But um that's something I sort of interesting about that song. It almost like slipped under the radar you know, it just slipped under the radar. So mm. Uh, yeah, I definitely yeah. could hear it nice like in hear. a movie. I could definitely could hear it in a movie commercial. Um, is that something that you go after, like licensing type deals? Yeah, I do some of that. Although I don't know what this would be. I mean, it might be for like Adderall or some kind of prescription <laughs> drug for her, so, for her depression. I don't know, but um, uh, we actually I want to take. I would like we're gonna try to like speed it up a little bit, make it a little mm-hmm. more rock country for a younger artist to sing. Because I think right now they are singing about some of these up and coming women are getting tough and they're singing. They're not mm-hmm. afraid to sort of like lay it out on the table and stop drinking. You know, talking about they have a glass of wine as if it's something unique. You know, in getting loaded at a bonfire. I think some of these up and comers are, you know, they're starting to. Uh, Talk about some stuff that I think is a little more potent. Mm. Um, so that, so I would pitch this to that, to the market, and I hope to once I get a, a demo that I'm happy with. Awesome. Awesome. I wouldn't pitch. The, I won't pitch this. You know. Right. I'll, 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 yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I go yeah. after all that. Like, it's really the name of the game, Natalie. For me, is getting yeah, a cut. That's been the game. Yes, mm-hmm. it is. Um, what do you love about being an artist? I love the feeling I get when I'm singing. I have a good, I feel like, I think that's the fastest way for me to be in the moment is to sing, mm-hmm. help them to sing and to tell a story. Like that's, I love it. I love, I love the way it feels in my body and I love knowing that I can reach out to somebody and communicate with them that way. It's like it's right. going sort of like that infinity symbol. It's going between me and them back and back and forth and 
but it's simply like a physical feeling that I get that I love. Awesome. Awesome. Now, I'm going to play your song, Crazy About You. Tell me about that one. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm surprised. <laughs> That's so great. Um, you know what? I, I remember being at this at the bottom of my stairs when I lived in Nashville and just being like, I want to play like this upbeat, this kind of up-tempo thing and, um, you know, just in E and, um, yeah, just kind of like rock out, do little, you know, I just wanted that feel and it was just kind of fun. And this is one that came pretty quickly. You know, I always go back and I usually go back and edit and um, right. I'm sure I did, but it came pretty fast and it was just kind of a fun romp for me, you know, and it's really fun for the band because, you know, my guitar gets to go crazy and um, we, we just get to have a really nice romp and I, yeah, you gotta have that. Right. All right, <laughs> here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Woo! <laughs> I'm crazy about you, baby.
Those guys are kick ass, aren't they? Great players. Woo! Mm, 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 mm. Have me tapping my toes. Tapping my toes. (laughs) Good. Good, good, good. I love that. That's fun to hear. I don't listen a lot, but boy, that was nice to hear them again. Now, one of the questions, last question I have for you is this. What are three things you wish you had known before you got into the music business? Boy, before I got into it. Yeah. What, yeah. What wish? What? I mean, I mean, you've learned so many things being in the music business. So, what uh, would you have wished that you had known before you got into it? I mean, things that you may have said, no, I'm not going to do that math. Yeah, I think I wished um, I'd have known to keep, when you could still knock on doors and just sit with people more uh, and talk with them and learn, like not be so goal-oriented when going Mm. into a meeting, rather be like, okay, I'm just talking to these people and that's cool. Like, I don't have to walk out of this office with some result. Um, so I think I I would hope that I would have had more of that, and now I can, you know. But um, just to gather the, you know, the information. Like, um, I just saw the movie Fable, The Fablemans, mm-hmm. the latest, and the kid goes into the office at the end, and he's, he realizes he's in John Ford's office, this fantastic, you know, this director mm. who he loves. And John Ford is a total kind of jerk to him. You know, he's lighting his cigar and taking his time at it too. And he tells him like, um, he gives him this bit of advice. I won't tell you the whole scene, but he gives him this bit of advice. And Spielberg walks out and I'm like, wait a minute. And I'm like, did he get a job? He doesn't seem like he got a job like as an assistant to him or anything. He doesn't care. He just goes, peeks back in the door, he goes, oh, and thank you. He gave him this bit of advice about filming on the horizon. And, and Spielberg took it and ran with it, but he was delighted. Right. And I, I think I wish I would have been more like that going into it, because I think I would have learned more and, and maybe moved along more, I don't want to say more quickly, but more efficiently, you know. And with, um, So I would, I would that would be one thing I wish I would have, known to do um, differently. Just talk to people and use, like, ask them to be mentors and teach me things, but not be like, what do you got for me? You know? Right. Mm. Right. Yeah, that's one I can think of. Um, Okay. And I think I would have gotten better, maybe a little better at my instrument, although I worked really, really hard on my voice, but now I'm like, oh, I wish I'm going to play better, but I I spent my time, believe me, working on that. But uh, yeah, I you know what I I think I'd have moved to Nashville sooner. Um, 
Mm. Nobody knew what to do with me and my bands in Cleveland. They didn't. They didn't have a clue as like what to do. Um, and I would have done it sooner. Um, so that, because um, then I would have been immersed, you know, um, in it sooner, and I would have. I think right. I would have. You know, you rise to the occasion, and the occasion is in Nashville, L.A., and New York still, as far as I can see. Um, right. Not that nothing's going on in other places. I love cutting my teeth in Cleveland, but at a certain point, right, the, the industry's not there. So in, when you get into the industry, you you see, like, all the talented people, and you got to rise up. And I, I think I'd... I, I think I've done that, but um, not to the degree with which I want to yet, but I think earlier might have been I would have enjoyed it. So right. I'd have gone earlier. That's the two I can think of, Natalie. You know? Good. Um, um, I, I wish I had um, – well, I wish I'd known how much work it takes. I mean, this is a 24-7 job, especially mm. now with social media. And being yes. on all these damn platforms um, to be seen and heard. <laughs> um, it's just crazy. And, and I would have loved to have learned, known more about, you know, it seems like there are a lot of grimy scra- uh, scammers in the music industry. It seems that they always know when somebody's about a, a young, fresh person starting out to do music because they latch on to say, oh, I can do this for you, blah, blah, blah. Is basically, mm-hmm. you know, you have to do your due diligence. You have to research people that contact you, every single person, to make sure that they are legit. Yeah, it's a lot of work to get to the middle, you know, and um, of what's really going on. And um, I, I agree, you know, and I can't, the social media thing, too, for me, I'm like, this, I can't take it, you know. Um, yeah. uh, it's just, it's just nuts to me. I'm like, get your ass up off your couch and go to a live show. Even if it's not me, go see somebody. Go to a movie theater. Like, enough, you know. Um, I think there are some good things about it, too, but for for us to have to stay busy with that, I don't like it. I don't like being in front of the computer all day. That's why I chose music. Because <laughs> I didn't right, want to be sitting exactly. down at a desk. Right? And here we are sitting at a desk. I'm like, no, thank you. I'm sort of rejecting a lot of it but yeah i hear you for sure i want to listen to your music too so i need to get, get on it all right yeah You're very interesting um so, yeah i yeah. mean you know when people are writing music some people um you, you think about oh well this work on this platform with this work on that platform um hmm. some songs i have done that some songs i, I haven't um it depends on what the song is about it's just it's way more work. It's not like back in the day you could go into a radio station. Hey, maybe you want to play my record, e- uh, my single, my whatever. Um, and they might play it. Right. Okay to play. It's, um, it's tougher. Um, but the upside to these platforms is that there are many more people that can find you. Like the streaming platforms don't play us well, but they can find you. That's the upside to streaming yeah. platforms and all these social media platforms. So it's like a you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't kind of situation. Um, but sometimes I, I, I'm just like, I'm not, I can't. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I mean, right. even, even I, doing a TikTok University, it said, 
you should do five videos a day. I tried it. Yeah. And in the beginning, I was doing it, but it was like, no, <laughs> I was like trying to come up with ideas. And I'm like, well, I can't just sit here and just, like, one day I just want to sit there and just stare. Like, right now, the way, and, and here's the irony. I'll put, post my music and stuff like that, and I'll get a couple of views, this, that, and the other. When I post stuff, when I talk about stuff going on in the world, I did a post about, there's a rumor about Jennifer Lopez wanting to do a Whitney Houston tribute, which would have gone down the drain. And um, I got 55,000 views on that TikTok. Me expressing my opinion. Right, it's the weirdest thing, because everybody's got one. (laughs) And and they want you to know what it is. I did the, what what started me more on the TikTok thing. I had been posting music, doing silly stuff, and blah blah blah. Was when Roe versus Wade got overturned, and I started talking about it because I learned so much about women, what women go through because of the overturning of Roe versus Wade. I just started talking yeah. about it. So, you know, you know, we got to keep fighting these things. People can't, t- and people can have their own belief system, but you can't push that on other people. I just and those those videos went you know they went viral to a certain extent and I was just like okay would you like to focus on my music <laughs> right right no <laughs> no <laughs> yeah just, just right no I want to focus on me <laughs> that's oh yeah. It's just weird. The whole dynamic is weird. So now my TikToks are basically about other stuff. You know, I, I on my Instagram, not Instagram, on my Instagram and my Facebook reels, I will, you know, post about my music and da, 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 and all that stuff because that seems where most of the people will watch the stuff in LinkedIn and Twitter. Um, it's just, it's just weird. It's baffling to me. I'm just, Okay. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, I think it's baffling to a lot of people and people that I work with, they're baffled by it. And, um, I, I guess I was like, well, you're like, is it, is it enough that my music, like you could just listen to that, but apparently not, you know, but I mean, <laughs> I don't feel like doing that, you know? Exactly. And I also found out that, um, one, one site that people don't consider as a great way to gain new fans is Pinterest. Oh, no, I never, I haven't thought of that. Yeah. my I have a friend, uh, she manages her son, and he's got thousands of views on Pinterest for his music. And I've just been so swamped. Oh, how do you do and, it? Yeah, so it's basically like, like the same thing. You can pin, pin your music videos. You can pin all this. So you oh, can I upload all that stuff now. Yes. So if you take the, the stuff that wow. you did during, during the pandemic, if you have a Pinterest page or you need to create one, you could post all that stuff on there. And then, you know, you hashtag whatever, and you can gain more interest. Right. Yes. Pinterest. Wow. Well, gee, thanks for another thing to do, Natalie. <laughs> I've just added one more thing to your Yeah. Well, I'm just... not doing it. I'm on sabbatical. Well, you know, yeah. I'm kind of almost tempted to go the other way and just be like, you know what? I'm not doing any of this. If you want to see me, I'll be at, you know, blah, blah, you know, music that, venue. Though. and I love that. You do do it. You know, you're on a sabbatical. Uh, yes. Enjoy yourself. Um, I need to update my website. Oh, I need to do a bunch of stuff. I just... 
some days you just will. Right, I, right. I need to be like you. <laughs> I need to say, F it. I'm going to relax right now. I'll get to it when I get to it. I can't. Mm-mm. You know, I mean, the world will keep you going as long as you'll go, you know, like a corporation. Mm-hmm. They'll take as much as you can give, <laughs> as you'll give them. But, uh, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but uh, I mean, when the last anyway. thing you're doing is singing and playing your guitar, something's wrong, right? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. 100. 100. Yeah. Well, and thank you so much for being on Chatting with Nick. I love your you're voice. So welcome. I mean, you're awesome. Okay, what else can I say? Thank but you're you. awesome. Who are you? Awesome. <laughs> I I think you are. This has been delightful. Thank you for it. You're welcome. Now, if anybody else wants to learn more about Anne Deshant, you can go to her website at www.andeshant.com. She is on Facebook at N E Deshant Band. No, I see anedeshant.com. Yeah, as the website anedeshant band on Facebook and the and the andeshant on Instagram. She's on YouTube. She's on Spotify. Hell, if you don't remember that, then you need to do what I tell you. Just Google me. Just Google her. Find her. You'll find her. Right. Uh, stream her music better yet. Why don't you buy some of her music? Yes, you can still buy music. I know that's a foreign concept to a lot of people, but yeah, we need to make a living. All right. So here you have it. Some amazing, amazing singer-songwriters, folk, country, just beautiful people on Chatting with Nat. And I thank you again, Anne, for being on Chatting with Nat. And hopefully one day we can do an Instagram Live. That'd be awesome. All right. Thank you. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Until next time. Until next time. Rock on. Rock on. Thank you. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. My brother-in-law died suddenly. And now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. 
Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.